introductory podcast, A Journey to Inner Wisdom. Welcome to A Journey to Inner Wisdom. I'm Crystal Cotto Sullivan, and your host of this podcast. I'm a wisdomologist, and I will be exploring wisdom and the journey to our own inner wisdom. As with any journey, there are many ways to get to where we are going. In this journey, there are many tools available to guide us on the journey, as well as people who will guide and mentor us. I'm going to talk about the ABCs of a journey to inner wisdom, awareness, beliefs, private and conditioned and balance, curiosity and creativity, discernment and decisions, the Enneagram and our energy centers, focus, flow and flourish, and gratitude, generosity and grace. At this moment, it's the ABCDEFGs of a journey to inner wisdom. I will get to the rest of the alphabet with time. Now, I will warn you that uh, I will start with the ABCs, but I may meander a bit because, as we all know, life is not linear. From time to time, I will invite guests to join the conversation and share their journeys and the tools they use and the guides who have journeyed with them. And you will hear about my own ongoing journey. I hope you will join me on this adventure. Introductory podcast, Wisdom and My Journey. Let's start by talking about what is wisdom. Let me first look at the definition of wisdom in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Knowledge that is gained by having many experiences in life, the natural ability to understand things that most other people cannot understand, knowledge of what is proper or reasonable, good sense or judgment. The Oxford Dictionary defines wisdom as the balance of common good and self. A psychological definition is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. And a sociological definition is reflection, compassion, and pursuit of truth. I always like to look at the etymology of a word, the origins of a word, because it gives us a clue of the not only the original meaning, but sometimes how the meaning has changed and sometimes the meaning has stayed the same over centuries, but often there's, all, there's a shift or a change. So where did this word come from, wisdom? Um, it's, or, its root word means, which is W-E-I-D, it's an a Indo-European root, means to know or to see. And when I look, look this up, the old Irish meant vision which I don't think was just seeing with your eyes. I think it was more about intuition. So it's about seeing, about knowing, about having vision, seeing beyond. There are two types of um, wisdom and the word, the, the name Sophia um, encompasses one aspect of wisdom. It's skill, knowledge of, acquaintance with, sound judgment, practical wisdom, cunning shrewdness, a philosophy. However, in the East, Sophia, Saint Sophia, uh, is divine wisdom or holy wisdom, and many churches are dedicated to Saint Sophia. So we have practical wisdom and holy wisdom. And I'm, ta I'm talking less about practical wisdom and more about a transcendent wisdom, wisdom that will take us to our essence. Of, to the essence of who we are. Wise comes from the same roots 
and wise is marked by deep understanding, keen discernment, and capacity for sound judgment, possessing inside information. So on this journey to inner wisdom, we are going to get inside information. We're going inside to find out who we are, to know who we are, to, to see who we are. So I've come to know that wisdom is far more than these definitions. And as I said, I'm not going to talk about the way we use the word wisdom today. Is this a wise choice? Do you think that is wise? We don't use the word wisdom in its original sense of, of visioning or, or, or deep knowing. In the West, we've, kind of, we've lost that, that original meaning of the word wisdom. Cynthia Borgo in her book, The Wisdom Way of Knowing, states, wisdom is a way of knowing that goes beyond one's mind, one's rational understanding, embraces the whole of the person, mind, heart, and body. I like to think of wisdom as an elegant tapestry of knowing, being, and doing. The warp and weft of our lived experiences and being witness to others' experiences. We often don't realize the many aspects of our wisdom until we pause, take a breath, create a space between the past and present, and become awestruck, awestruck by the multidimensional qualities of our inner wisdom. It's this multidimensional quality of wisdom that I'm exploring in this podcast. As women, we're often, we've often been taught to distrust our inner wisdom, our ways of knowing. Wisdom has often been relegated to elderly men. We often don't recognize our own wisdom and its depth and breadth. As I unravel each quality or insight or tool into wisdom, the richness will expand, grow, and deepen. I hope you will begin to unearth your inner wisdom as we travel together. Human beings have known for millennia that wisdom often comes with age and experience. And we also know that not everyone accesses their wisdom. Now, even children are wise souls, so it isn't necessarily just with age. Because we sometimes say from the mouth of babes, Perhaps we are born wise and we forget as life conditions us to live and think in an acceptable way. Perhaps now in today's world, when children are encouraged to use their voices and their words, we will see the essence of our wisdom sooner. So wisdom is a gift we are born with, but we forget. We fall asleep. We ignore it. But it has been given and our role is to unearth it, embrace it, and to speak from a place of wisdom in our lives, from that place of authenticity. A journey to inner wisdom is about finding our authentic self. The journey is discovering ways to release and savor our wisdom, for each of us have some aspect of universal wisdom in our hearts, minds, and bodies. Together, let's be explorers and have the courage to enter into this adventure together. So how did I get here at this point in my life, beginning to promote and guide women on their journey to inner wisdom? Well, it's a long story. I will highlight some of the pivotal moments over the many years I've been around the sun. I believe I've always been on this journey as the journey to inner wisdom is about finding our true self and discovering why we are here. As each decade passed, I've seen different patterns in my journey. As a child on a farm, 
I was free and there were lots of places to find adventure. And I, and I found it. I love being outside. I love to read. I remember my mom taking me to the library every week to load up on books. I loved the smell of the library. During my undergrad years, um, I worked in the university library. I love being around books. I still love being around books. I, 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 whether they're paper, audio, digital, paper, really, I love the most, though, I think. School was good for the most part, although I was quite shy, which is interesting. Um, and we'll talk more about shy at some point. When I was about 10, I decided I didn't want to be shy, so I entered public speaking. And I've been speaking ever since, using my voice. High school was fun and I did well. I took advantage of all the clubs and activities available, student exchanges, band and choir trips, conferences. I also had a part-time job from the age of 15. Prior to that, I only did farm jobs like picking strawberries and tomatoes. I remember my girlfriend and I talking about how we were tough women because we had, had to live with alcoholic dads. We were astute enough to recognize we had to learn some survival skills. I still believe that to be true, but I also had to unlearn some of the less useful parts of the toughness once my dad went into recovery. I went away to university because I did not want to be in a small place anymore. I wanted to experience something more. During my first years at university, I, it was in the 70s, I joined an encounter group because I wanted to know more about life and myself and meet different people. I felt I'd lived quite a sheltered life as my dad and mom wouldn't let me date till I was 16. Well, after that, my life wasn't so sheltered, but my, my perception was that it was as I grew up on a farm and felt I'd missed out on many things in the city. And I suppose in the bigger world, there wasn't a lot to spend, not a lot of time to spend on personal development or it wasn't, it wasn't what, what we did, but the experience of being at one, of the largest universities in Ontario was good for this farm girl. After my undergraduate degree, I went on to do a master's of art in religious education and I got married. We lived in a big Canadian city and well, by Canadian standards, it was big and we were open for adventure. So we decided to go to Africa. I'm just gonna pause for a sip of my lovely chai. Oh, delicious. Just before leaving for Africa, after a year in Canada, getting used to one another, learning how to live together, we did a silent retreat, and it was my first introduction to Ignatian spirituality that has formed and informed my adult life. I learned an awareness exercise that my workshops are based on today. Going to Africa was a great adventure. My personality type in the Enneagram is all about adventure. And I love an adventure. I will spend time talking about the Enneagram later on for those of you who are not familiar with it. It was in the days before the internet or cell phones. I was so homesick. I met some wonderful people that are still close friends today. I learned a lot about life while in Africa. Our work had us delving into liberation theology and Paulo Freire's work, Pedagogy of the Oppressed. And after our first stint teaching, we returned and worked in development education. While in Africa, I began to work with a team delivering retreats and workshops. I learned group facilitation, retreat guiding, and how to develop programs from one month to 
sorry, from one day to one to month long programs for large groups of people. I also taught secondary school and we had two kids while we were there. I learned a lot while, while we were there about the world politics and my place in the world. I still remember the first time I became aware of my Western privilege in contrast to the students I taught and my Zambian friends. It was a painful realization, but it changed my worldview. It came as, as one of those, mm, I don't know what I don't know until that moment of awareness. I had no idea, but my view changed and I changed. It was a good transition for me. And I was lucky because uh, members of my family came to visit while we were in Africa and um, we, had some, we had some great memory making. Back in Canada, I worked as a chaplain and then I taught at a local um, college for a number of years before going back to complete a master's, master's of art in counseling psychology at the Adler School of Professional Psychology, University of Chicago. Distance learning in the 90s was about spending six weeks at a time every summer in Chicago and taking as many courses as I could on weekends during the year. How times have changed for distance learning. I came from a family of addicts. My dad sobered up in 1979 and remained sober and a member of AA for the rest of his life. My dad's sobriety saved my brother and they were joined by this common commitment to stay sober. My dad's sobriety, I thought, would solve all my problems because, you know, if one person changed, everything changes. It was before I really understood systems theory. Little did I realize I had a ton of work to do myself as an adult child of an alcoholic. This was when I learned about systems theory. I spent time working on my issues as an adult child of an alcoholic. Fortunately for me, I was able to do the work and have a great relationship with my dad until he died. During the 80s, I continued to work in the area of spirituality as my volunteer work. I led workshops, retreats for young people across North America. I began to learn more about feminist spirituality, goddesses, women's ways of knowing. Jean Houston and Christina Pincola, as, as well as many other women, impacted my spirituality. During this time, I left my marriage. It was a time of growth and pain. This was one of those major transitions in my life. And we'll talk about transitions next time. Eventually, because we didn't want to repeat the same mistake, we went to counseling and found that we still had a good foundation to work with. And we didn't want to throw away our history. And we still liked one another. So we got back together. We fell in love and opened our eyes this time. And we had some tools in our relationship box. And here we are decades later. Once I had my master's, I delved into spirituality and psychology. I learned about focusing, emotional freedom technique, EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, and many other things. I also spent years in the 1990s attending and assisting at landmark events. Landmark Forum, that's capital L, Landmark Forum. It was called then. I think they just call it landmark now. I spent many years teaching at a college level as well as working in administration. While at the colleges, I had many opportunities to work with different people, not only as a professor, but as a teacher, trainer, program developer, coordinator, mentor, and chair. 
as a chair, I was able to facilitate team development days, work with students and parents and manage over 100 full-time and part-time teachers. I immersed myself in the educational field of learning in the brain. I started a PhD in education, but realized it was not my passion. Even though I totally loved learning more about the learning process, research was not my thing. In 2012, I retired, or rather, I transitioned from working on someone else's terms to working on my terms. I worked at many things. Having taken classes at um, George Brown College School of Culinary Arts, I was interested and loved cooking. Catering, however, was uh, really hard work, and um, I would rather have my own party for that much work and that little pay. So I did a few catering gigs and then used my knives at home. I sold jewelry. I did some contract work at one of the GTA colleges. I partnered with a fibromyalgia clinic and provided neurofeedback to the clients. I then started a new company with two other people based on work around food sensitivity and fibromyalgia and pain and lost that business for a variety of reasons that perhaps we will talk about later. In the midst of all these things, I was working on a, a PsyD and a, a doctorate in psychology. And again, not my passion. I do love to learn, but without the pressure. I found myself learning, teaching online, which was a wonderful job, but again, not my passion, not my heartfelt desire. The pandemic has proven to be an incubation period for me. My friend Rosemary, along with my husband and I, I've been talking about doing workshops around relationships and marriage. This was in the early 2019. We all got busy. And then a year later, the pandemic hit and she called me. We began Soiree Lifestyle Series 2020, two weeks later, and we presented 62 episodes over a year and a half. During the year, we had many guests and I may not have had the opportunity or the inclination to work with them without my experience with Soiree. Joanne Mugi led us on the, the on-purpose journey, which helped me to be more focused on my purpose. In March last year, I met Kimberly Banfield at the Wellness Leadership Academy. Ten months later, she was a guest on our web, webcast and presented our first episode in 2021 on creating our heartfelt goals for the year. It was exactly what I needed to unleash the plethora of experience and skills that I had gathered over the many decades of my life. Over the last 20 years, my son has suffered with schizophrenia. It has been a painful time, but also a time of learning and transitions. I've learned more about mental illness in my family and my extended family. I've learned to surrender, to love unconditionally. And I've had to learn to not just numb out when the pain is too much. Over the years, I've been fortunate to have mentors and guides to walk with me and to love me through this part of my journey. While taking Kimberly's program, Dare to, Take Your Desire, Dare to Make Your Desire Happen, the beginnings of the journey to inner wisdom were born. For me, it was the culmination of my life's work and the result of my, of my continued journey. I can now use all of the skills, knowledge, and wisdom that I've experienced, gathered, and received in my life to guide other women on their pathway to their inner wisdom. There it is, a synopsis, a synopsis of my journey to inner wisdom. 
And there's so much more to my journey, as you will have guessed. So many chapters and so many transitions. And my journey to inner wisdom continues. Even as I speak, I think of other things that I've done and I start to remember other things. When we get to life cycles and lifelines, um, we'll talk more about that. It is, as I said, for me, it is a journey to discover my authentic self, the essence of my being. I hope you will join me as you continue your journey to inner wisdom. Talk to you soon.